If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Hello, welcome to the HIV podcast. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Look how polite we are. I know. It's like we pretend that we haven't just been chatting for like 20 minutes before <laughs> this started. It's like we've just met. Hello, how are you? Good day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good day, Jess. <laughs> um, <laughs> just go downhill after this. I can't keep this up, this level of politeness. Don't, don't do it. There's no point. It's just a charade. Falls apart in five minutes. I firstly wanted to thank the people, by the way, that hashtagged GP. I, I told you it would take off and there have been many GP moments this week. You cannot lie. Come on. I, I know, actually. I, I've even thought in my own head. Oh. But even in my head, I just say GP. I don't say greasy penis. Don't know why. I see. Don't start. Why do they make me laugh? <laughs> why does it make you laugh? So I don't much? know. I only have to hear it. <laughs> That's it. You're off. But um, raise it. Oh God. Such. But a yes, thank you to everyone that listened and then hashtagged it to let us know the secret code that you had been listening. Well done, everybody on that front. Yes, well done, everyone. That's how you know you're fully part of the HIV podcast family. Secret hashtags. I've got news. <gasps> Tell me. So News Corner is back because obviously Excellent. we paused it because we did the back-to-backs. Right. Now, I don't remember. I don't remember. That's not in what I'm trying to say at all. Don't know if you guys remember. So in our episode where we talked about HIV and the T-cells and where the moist membranes that are guarded. Yes. Yeah, so you're with me. And I think we had chosen vagina, hadn't we? If- so there were four choices, weren't there? There was the underside of the foreskin, definitely not my choice, the vagina, the rectum and the urethra. Yes, Ure- yeah. that is it. So, and obviously Sarah, because she's really mean to me, challenged me to ask our boss about this. <laughs> oh, no, I've seen the answer to this. He, he's very clever. <laughs> so Sean did come back to us. 
And he actually started a group WhatsApp chat with me and Sarah. So we saw it at the same time, didn't we? I did like that. And he said he would protect all of them. And he put, I didn't understand this bit quite so much, especially as it's getting colder and the thermals are well and truly on. Maybe more yeastiness. Oh, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> Our boss has any type of yeast infection. Oh, I didn't think you... <laughs> edit all of that out, edit out. I can't guard is the vagina as I don't have one that I know of. You know, it's a good answer. That is a good answer. Oh, that would be my answer for the foreskin then. I don't have one, so I'm never going to guard it. I suppose I was looking at it in a different way because I was thinking not which parts of my anatomy would I guard, more if I was... What are we calling it? Defenders of the orifices. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. If I was a defender of an orifice. Which one would I pick on anybody? So it's like my job. So I suppose we've looked at it differently. My mum looked at it like Sean. Oh, now you see, I changed. I'm not guarding anyone else's vagina. I was talking about mine. So I wasn't. I'm just saying if I if it was a job like where I've taken on a role, I've been employed to do this, I might get, you know, sent anywhere to do it. Might not. I might get posted mm. anywhere. So mm. what I'm saying is. If you had to choose, I'm so glad everyone misunderstood my stupid question. <laughs> you had to choose, which would you choose? Oh, yeah, no, I took it personally. So I'm guarding my own vagina. Okay, well, that is fair enough, because that is what my mum said. What my mum actually said, I'm quoting her, is my vag. <laughs> <laughs> she said, so then she said, it's a delicate little flower that needs protection. Oh, I mean, it's not if you're calling it your vag, is it? <laughs> I think mine is, Jess. I gave birth to a £10 baby, but, you know, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Just a tunnel. Hello. <laughs> Your mum is very petite. So, yes, it would be a little flower. I can't get the thought of your giant vagina out of my head now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cavern. Hello. <laughs> it's a cavern that needs protecting, guys. It's going to need a lot of protection. <laughs> they need a lot of T-cells down there. Most of them, probably. <laughs> That's where they've all gone. Yeah. I'm never getting colds. I don't know why I'm not, you know, my immune system's not working. My vagina's fine, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we also asked my mum, if you remember, if she was going to use any condiment for lube, what would she use? Because I thought that she would say salad cream or Worcester sauce. It did not go down that way. Oh. What happened initially was... She gave me a lecture and told me to get my condiments right because apparently condiments are only salt, pepper, and mustard. Are they? What, what do you call all the sauces then? Right, that's what I said, and she said they're sauces. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh. oh God! Oh, salt and pepper are not good. Well, none of those are good leads actually. Oh, salt. mustard. <laughs> oh, oh! I was just literally thinking it would literally be like a hot dog, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> rubbing salt into it lovely um she said i said to her i thought you'd have chosen um salad cream or worcester sauce she said she doesn't eat salad cream anymore i don't know what's happening with that so worcester sauce too watery she's got a good point yeah no I, I agree with her on that yeah good shout so what she said she would use is mayo then she said full fat mayo and i was like what <laughs> then she said no normal mayo not vegan she was clear not vegan and I think, again, like your point, Sarah, it, it's the cost. She said normal mm. mayo is going to be cheaper, but that would be her go-to. Very sensible, actually. She's sensible, isn't she? I like the fact that she gives these things thought and consideration. She really does. She takes it, her role very seriously here mm. at the HIV podcast. Um, again, I'm going to state it. Please don't use any condiment for lube. I, I, I know we're obviously joking. Or sauce. Don't use any sauces. Bernice will be happy that you picked up on that. 
please don't use anything other than there you are. At a different time, I'd be very interested in her views of, you know, where does pickle fall? If it's not a condiment, it's not a sauce. Where 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 does that go? What do we oh, call that? That is a good shout. Piccalilli, another one. That's so true. Or or a chutney. Or is a chutney Absolutely. just a chutney? Or is it a jam? Where do they fall? I mean, I can see the beginnings of another podcast here. This isn't for the HIV podcast. This is a brand new scheme we're coming up with. A brand new plan right on air. <laughs> Amazing. Right, well, yes. that is News Corner. You're welcome, everyone. Fabulous. Oh, your mum always comes up good, doesn't she? I know. And once again, we just overshared massively. Yes. Those pauses are good, aren't they, in a podcast where I'm just like, have I overshared? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cavernous vagina. Yep. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Moving on. We'll pretend that didn't happen. It's fine. Right. Okay. So today I'm going to play you some clips. Ooh. Yeah. What kind of clips you might be thinking? Well, Sarah, wonder no longer. They are clips that we took from people at Reading Pride. So in September, start of September, we obviously attended Reading Pride to raise awareness and we had a great day. And while we were there, we thought we would ask people who their HIV hero was. So we got their permission and I recorded them. So I have some to play out for you so that we can have a little listen and discuss. This is interesting. Yes. And it was it was really interesting, actually, because I didn't give people any like criteria. I just said, who is your HIV hero? So let's have a listen. Here we go. TVPS. Oh, that's but so nice. How come? Because they supported me since 2007. Oh, you're amazing. How much did you pay that person to say that? I didn't actually pay them anything. And as you can hear in that clip, I was extremely surprised. First of all, he's got a good voice for a podcast. Nice and deep. I like that. And secondly, he said us. I was so surprised. Honestly, I was so surprised. Yeah. So thank you so much, lovely person who said us. Yeah, I think, although it's not clear on the audio, I think he said Sarah at TVPS. Oh, but it was just lost in the sound. Is that what you're... Yeah, it's not great sound quality. So it comes across as TVPS, but it's uh, very much... Just for you. Okay, perfect. Right, here is our next one. Absolute star. Does everything for everybody else. Gets on with his life doesn't let hiv bother him at all and it's just not a thing you know he has it yes he deals with the medication sometimes he gets it people do the guy i would spend my life with oh amazing thank you so much do you like how enthusiastic i am in all of them you're very enthusiastic i like to think that you had headphones on a microphone and a jumpsuit bit annika ricey did you jump out of a helicopter i had the smallest microphone so I had this tiny microphone that I had bought to interview my dog. And then... Has your dog got an HIV hero then? <laughs> I haven't asked him, but I did ask him how his day was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a picture up because I was literally shoving this like miniature. So it looks like a real microphone, just tiny, like a like a doll's house microphone in people's faces. So next person I have, this is a really lovely one as well. And um. This is another person that they know personally, and I loved that. It wasn't that people instantly went to celebrities all the time. It was that for some people, it was straight to someone that had directly inspired them in their life. Well, actually, it's a very close personal friend of mine who turned positive after he was raped many, many years ago. So it's a really tragic story. But he turned that negative of that incident and becoming positive into really kind of outreach this is how to avoid it this is what we can do and he was the pioneer for prep and things like that so he really campaigned for that so i honor my status and awareness for his tragedy and 
made me the person I am today. How amazing is that? Oh, God, do you know what? I never thought people would name people they knew personally, which is stupid. Of course they're going to. Imagine yeah. that, yeah. you know, your friend has influenced you to that much. As I know he calls it a tragedy, but kind of turned it around into kind of influencing his kind of friends and saying, you know, this is what I've got and this is how you can avoid it. Oh, that person sounds amazing. Absolutely. They really were. And then they wanted to add this to it. So they wanted me to start recording again so they could add this. The reason he was really in with the prep was that he didn't want anyone else to suffer the same way that he has. So by providing that protection, even if something was an accident or untoward, you were guaranteed not to get it and live a perfectly healthy life like the rest of us. Yeah, so he just wanted to add that in and say that that is why he really was one of the original pioneers of PrEP. Amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, and then do you know what happened afterwards? So he was with uh, a group of his friends that had all come and then they all started discussing this person. But they were all telling us about them and how amazing they are and the work that they do. And they're so, so proud of him. So I hope they're listening to this podcast and I hope they share this with their friend because it was wonderful to see like so much love and just how proud they are. Oh, that is lovely. It was amazing. Right. This is from one of our trustees. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Yeah. So he was at Pride. I'm going to give you some backstory. Ages ago, literally about last year, I asked all the trustees, didn't I? And we put a little video out. Who's your HIV hero? He was one of them that said, I don't know. Come back to me. I'm going to have a listen to the podcast. And now he said Sarah and Jess. Come on. Yes. No need to listen, guys. It's fine. Let's move past him because he said he definitely said Jess more than Sarah, but Sarah (laughs) 10%. (laughs) Right, here we go. So my HIV hero is Lord Fowler. Um, Controversial choice, maybe. Not everybody's favourite person, but he got the message out at a time when it desperately needed to be out there. And he pushed against the tide and, and, yeah, he did it. Oh, interesting. Your face is telling me a lot about this one. Well, we've covered him, haven't we, in an episode and Mm. spoken quite openly about the fact that, yes, he did. Yeah, he did create awareness and he went against the stance of his own party to do that, his own government party. I can understand the reasoning why, yes, you would say that he's heroic. Yeah. And he did, did, didn't we? We featured him. Yeah, he did get... No, I think he was history, wasn't he? Was he history? Was he hero? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I should go back and have a listen. Oh, no, you're right. He was history. I was just thinking, why would we say he was a hero? But, you know, they acted about three years too late. But, yeah, no, it was a moment of history, sorry. (laughs) But, yeah, so fantastic to hear his. So I've only got two more. Jennifer Vaughan, she is my HIV hero. She's an amazing HIV advocate. And uh, yeah, catch her on Instagram is kind of where her big following in. She's amazing, really good podcast as well. So she's um, white, cis female. So yeah, love her, amazing. I checked out Jennifer Vaughan and I'll I'll put her social media on here so that other people can go and check her out. And she does tons of stuff on TikTok that's really fantastic. So go and and check her out and give her a follow. Excellent. And I have one more. It's been a right mixed bag, hasn't it? Of like HIV, like prep pioneers, people that are just their friends or that they know, someone controversial, Lord Fowler to someone living with HIV who's got a social media presence. So I loved it because it was just such a flat question, isn't it? Who's your HIV hero? With no kind of coaxing or time to think. So I didn't tell them what I was going to ask them. I'm just, right, go for it. So they had to go with their instincts. So this is my last clip. And this person cited two people, okay, as their HIV hero. Sarah and Jess. How did you know? (laughs) Right, go on. Let's see what they say. (laughs) 
One of my HIV heroes is naturally Freddie Mercury because he he made people aware of the issue while also being a very amazing representative of the community that was severely hurt by it. And I think he's an HIV hero because he's just an awesome person and that's how you should look at people who are struggling with HIV just as people rather than people affected by something bigger than themselves. And another one, one of my HIV heroes is also very obvious, Princess Diana, because she just, she is the exact person who we all should strive to be in the way we treat others, especially those who are struggling or suffering with anything. And her behavior during the, especially the very start of HIV crisis, in my opinion, it actually led the way for tolerance and for growth of the community. So she's definitely one of my HIV heroes. You're so eloquent. Oh, look, did you hear me scream? I was about to say to yes. you, how eloquent eloquent was she? And you can just hear me screaming in her face. She's so eloquent. How do people do this off the cuff, right? How good was that? Yeah. Everything she said, I was so engaged. Like, even when I was recording her, like, oh, I just wanted to join in. Like, yes. Oh, you're so right. I agree. Some great points. Okay. Oh, and we featured Princess Diana before. So go us. Yeah. But I do, the only thing I have to say, and I don't know if this is going to be mega controversial. So, you know, no hate mail, please. I don't know if I agree with her about Freddie Mercury. Oh. So I'm not saying he's not a hero, but obviously he, his, it only came out about his status. Literally, was it a day before he died? And he really wanted to keep that hidden. And I, ha- I really don't know anything uh, really about his story. I'm not saying what he has done hasn't gone on to help highlight HIV, but it's not that he was there saying, right, I'm going to chat to everyone about my status and really help raise awareness. That That's all I'm sort of saying. I'm not sure if I agree in that respect, that while he was alive, did he raise awareness of HIV? And I, I would argue no. Again, no hate mail, everyone. Wow. I mean, you've, you've done it now. We need to look into this in more detail, don't we? Because I think lots of people will say Freddie Mercury, he's very associated with HIV and AIDS, definitely. It's the time we haven't featured him, have we? And for the reasons that you're saying, because he was so private about his HIV status until the day before he died, that I think quite honestly, he probably wouldn't want to be a hero. (laughs) That's the thing, isn't it? That's the exact point, that it's absolutely fine to be private. Nobody has to share their status. Absolutely not. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, he wasn't a nice or a good person. But what I'm saying is that icon that he's become, where we all think, or he's almost presented like he did tons while he was alive around HIV. I would argue that's not the case. I'm not saying his legacy doesn't have a, a huge impact, which it does. But like you're saying, would he want to be a hero? Because I don't think he wanted to share his status. No, I don't think he did. I think he was forced into doing it. And most of our hero episodes are about, they're about the life of someone with HIV or, you know, how living with HIV has affected their life. Or they're about someone who's dedicated their life to raising awareness about HIV. And he didn't do either, did he? That's not to say he's a bad person. He's absolutely not. But if you're going to do an episode on why somebody is heroic. I mean, we're talking about one day and then he passed away the next day. That, so that's the thing, isn't it? And like Sarah said, we have, obviously since we started doing the HIV heroes and, and, and featuring sort of high profile people or, or anyone in the HIV community that we consider a hero, that's why we haven't featured him yet. And people might wonder, you know, where's, where's Freddie and all of this? But like you've said, how much awareness raising can you do in one day? I mean, obviously a lot because he, he has a massive impact, but 
Yeah, we, we do need to know more. That's now, doesn't he? Yeah, so he's almost a hero by default because lots of people are more aware of HIV because of him. But yeah, maybe we should do, we can look into him a bit more now, actually, because it's his legacy, I think, that's going to be heroic. Yes. Um, so he, um, sorry, I'm just looking at my cat. She's spread eagled on the bed, just like. Time of her life. Having the, yes, she approves of this Freddie Mercury. Okay, so Freddie Mercury, he announced his diagnosis the day before his death, as you've said. It was in 1991 and he was 45. We've talked about this before. I remember talking in a previous episode about how the girl who sat opposite me at work was in floods of tears about this, even though she wasn't a Freddie Mercury fan. She got sent home. Unbelievable. I've never, I can't still move on from that. Anyway, I love that you're holding that grudge. (laughs) Maybe that's another reason we haven't featured him. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, it was such a smart move on her part. Why didn't I think of that myself? Do you think she was a massive fan or she just made it up? <laughs> she liked having it. Michael Bolton, that kind of genre of music. Kind of. That Michael Bolton, was he around then? It, but it was that. Yeah. If Michael Bublé had been around then, she'd have been his biggest fan. <laughs> that kind of, yeah. No, she was not into Queen at all. I hope um, she's listening. Sat in her yellow Freddie Mercury jacket with a fake moustache on. <laughs> yeah. And she makes it. Oh, I'm just. It was a very smart move on her part, and I literally could not believe it. Anyway, as I told, said in the previous episode, I got moved. We got split up after that. I think she probably asked for me to be moved because I was just like, Ugh, you, <laughs> lagging your way out of work all the time. Amazing. Anyway, that's completely aside to Freddie Mercury. So there was a book written. It's a biographical book about Freddie Mercury. Uh, the authors are Matt Richards and Mark Langthorne. And in the book, they talk about him exhibiting HIV symptoms as early as 1982. I don't know how you can kind of say that. I mean, he certainly, I don't know. But anyway, that's where we're starting. So they think that as early as 92, uh, 1982, he had HIV. And they claim in the book that he secretly visited a doctor in New York City to get white lesions on his tongue checked out, which may have been hairy leukoplakia. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anything that starts with the word hairy is... That's not good, not. is it? I was no, going to say, that's... I don't know why I was going to take it back to your vagina. I, don't know why. I was going to say Sarah's hairy cavernous vagina. I don't know. <laughs> what? What's that got to do with anything? We are so on different planes today because I was going to say hairy is not a nice word. It's one of my words that I'm like, oh. <laughs> when the kids were little, they had a book called Hairy McClary. It was about a little dog. And every time I read it, because they wanted it read every night, I'd be like, oh, I've got the word hairy in it. Really? And you? you Talking about, no, I don't like that word, no. I don't mind that at all. I think it's funny. I quite like it. And Harry McClary has literally made my day. Oh, you should read the book. quite like it. That is funny. It just shows how different we are. I'm talking about an innocent children's book and I'm not very keen on the word hairy. And you're going, oh, fairy, your hairy cavernous vagina. Ah. (laughs) I am hell-bent, apparently, on just ruining the podcast today. Yes. By talking about my bits and pieces. I know, right in the middle of where we're discussing just something completely, absolutely not near it. I don't know, it just popped into my head and I shared it. <laughs> so there we go. You're welcome. I don't everyone. mind you thinking about it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Think about it on your own time. Noted. Yes. Okay, so they claim in the book that he visited this doctor, as we said, for these white lesions. Uh, and they also claim that he had associated with someone at that time who was recently infected with HIV. And then we move forward to October 1986 and the press, the British press, have got hold of this story. And they reported that he had a blood test for HIV at a Harley Street clinic. How would they know? 
Wow, were they bugging everyone's phones back then, or was there not the technology? Is that later times? Hey, very gonna... shady though, and it's awful. Why? Why? Imagine working for a newspaper that's like, "This is what we're going to do." It's just Ooh. no morality. It's so so nasty and damaging. Yeah, it, is. it is. Um, now, according to Mercury's partner Jim Hutton, he was diagnosed with AIDS in late April '87. But again, press is still hounding him at this point, uh, and he's asked in an interview, and he claims that he's negative for HIV. But the press do not let it go. They're pushing the rumours about him having um, HIV or AIDS. And it's around that time that he starts to look more gaunt. And that's what they're hinging the rumours on. And also Queen weren't touring then. And of course, former lovers are coming forward selling their stories to the tabloids as well. I wonder if they feel guilty after the fact. I mean, you don't know what went on in relationships. So I'm not judging that, but it's just, I don't know. It's never sat right with me selling stories. No. And I mean, they don't let it let it go at all. So by 1990, you know, the rumours are rife. He goes to the Brit Awards. It's actually his final appearance on stage. Queen are there to collect the award for outstanding contribution to British music. And he looks, I've seen the clip, he does look very gaunt by then. But again, I mean, he doesn't release any statements until, as you've said, the day before his death. So we're in 1991, where he releases this statement. So he says, following the enormous conjecture in the press over the last two weeks, I wish to confirm I've been tested HIV positive and I have AIDS. I felt it correct to keep this information private to date to protect the privacy of those around me. However, the time has come now for my friends and fans around the world to know the truth. And I hope everyone will join me my doctors and all those worldwide in the fight against this terrible disease. Privacy has always been very special to me and I am famous for my lack of interviews. Please understand this policy will continue. Again, this is sort of harks back to why we've undenied about featuring him because he so clearly wants privacy. Yeah. And not I know it's so difficult, isn't it? But then if you don't feature him, we're doing him a disservice, but you get the impression from that statement is most definitely this is none of your business, but I'm having to tell you this. Yes. Because he knew that he was very, very sick by this time. Not long after his death, four days actually after his death, there is a conference, a London AIDS conference called Living for Tomorrow. And one of the researchers at the conference is someone called Dr. Roger Ingham. Um, and he was quite critical of Freddie Mercury's late statement. So he's saying if Freddie Mercury had revealed his illness much earlier, it would have brought discussion out into the open. That's quite a responsibility to put on anyone's shoulders, particularly someone who is very protective of their private life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. We can't force people and it's quite unfair, especially, you you know, you're dealing with your own things. Everyone deals with situations differently. Everyone's going to feel differently. Some, like we've seen with some of our other HIV heroes, want to speak out about it and that's what empowers them. Others don't. And yeah, I'm with you. I think it's actually really unfair for someone to call him out and say, well, you should have done this. Well, why? Like you're saying, what a what a burden to almost carry. Mm. I just, yeah, no, it's just surprised me that someone would be that critical so soon after after someone's passed away. So there was that opinion at the time that he should have been more open. It would have helped other people. Um, he could have kind of started conversations about HIV, but, you know, respect is right not to. Exactly. No one's business. And actually, those that are very close to him said, you know, he waited so long because he was extremely private. You know, he had a very extrovert kind of stage persona. But away from that, he, he kind of it wasn't a recluse, definitely not. But he 
really wanted to keep things private. You know, it was nobody's business but his. What he did do, and that has been reported, is that he gave a lot of money to AIDS charities during the last few years of his life. That's awesome. He wasn't shouting about it, wasn't telling anybody about it. He's just doing that kind of on the quiet. It's just, I just think it's so fascinating how if you ask most people, the most famous person they know with HIV, they'll probably say Freddie Mercury, but ironically, he was the most private. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely. And yet the most kind of, yeah, well-known. Bless him. So who have I got? Oh, I've got a quote from David Bowie here. And he's talking about Freddie Mercury. And he said, the fact that he was so beloved, straight or gay, will focus on people on the fact that AIDS knows no boundaries. He'll be missed primarily as a personality, I think. And the cause of his death will become secondary. Yes, David Bowie said, unfortunately, there's still a very juvenile approach to AIDS in the rock community, almost a forced indifference and a desire to carry on the way bands have always carried on. I love David Bowie, but do we think that the cause of his death became secondary? No, sadly, it just... (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's his personality, do they? It's all about how we died. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so he was wrong on that front, yes, definitely. But I think it shows what a nice, what a balanced person he is, because he's just like, let's not focus on that at all. It's his personality you should focus on, and yeah. and rightly so. So, as we've said, I mean, whether Freddie liked it or not, his death was a milestone. He was the first major rock star to die of AIDS, and it also represented an important event in the history of um, HIV and AIDS. So in April 1992... The remaining members of Queen founded the Mercury Phoenix, the Mercury Phoenix Trust. I didn't know. I mean, I've heard of the trust, but I didn't know that they were behind it. And they also organised a tribute concert, the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert for AIDS Awareness, celebrating his life uh, and raising money for AIDS research. Concert took place at Wembley Stadium in front of an audience of 72,000 people. Lots of big names there. All of the big names at the time, I would say. Elizabeth Taylor was there as well. We like Elizabeth Taylor. Love Elizabeth Taylor. So she's there to speak about him. This is the bit that got me. This is the legacy of Freddie Mercury. That concert was broadcast live to 76 countries and it had a viewing audience of a billion people. Back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so actually exactly what we're saying, right? So it's, he is a hero because his legacy has done this, even though he wanted to be private and even though he did that. And actually, do you know what? He did. I think if he'd never released it like the day before, you know, like he did, if he'd mm. never commented on it, then perhaps he wouldn't have been able to raise as much awareness. I just think, I mean, a billion people all at once learning more about HIV and AIDS. That's probably never been achieved since. I think you're right. Like the, uh, of one single event where that mm. many people are engaged in one cause, one topic. Wow. And all for him. And I think, and we've said this before, it was in the Elizabeth Taylor episode when we said Jane Rivers, she was doing an AIDS benefit, wasn't she? She had trouble getting people involved, getting it off the ground because people are like, oh, I don't want to be associated with HIV. That was in the mid 80s. And by the time of the concert in 1992, we've got lots of people, lots of very famous people saying, yes, I want to perform on stage. I want to help raise awareness. So in that respect, we've definitely moved on. But I also think it shows how much, how respected he was within the music community. But I also think that he was one of those people 
that was loved by so and still is loved by so many different people, people who might have previously thought, I don't need to learn about HIV, it's nothing to do with me, then got educated because of the fact that they were engaged. Mm. They loved Queen, they loved Freddie Mercury. And he just spans everyone, doesn't he? I mean, the band does. Everyone loves Freddie Mercury. Everyone loves Queen. Someone's going to write in now and go, I don't like Queen, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) they're going to prove me wrong but I feel like that is such a massive massive thing that had such a huge impact because it was such a broad spectrum of people that were engaged and that were so saddened by his death and then learned about HIV so I mean that is amazing in itself it really is actually you know and their music's kind of timeless really isn't it it's and now we've got new generations coming through who will hear the music and want to know more about who Queen were or are they're still going and we'll learn about him dying of AIDS. So there you go. I mean, I'm sure, given his very private nature, none of this would have made him very happy. But, you know, here we are, is what it is. So that's a little bit about Freddie Mercury. Very worthwhile, but very reluctant HIV hero. I think it's a good decision that we included him. And actually, I'm really grateful to the person who mentioned him at Reading Pride, which actually kicked all this off, didn't it? And we started having that discussion of let's actually look at what happened and why. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just good to yes. know. It, it, you know, it's a choice. He just wanted to be private. And like we've said, that's absolutely fine too. Obviously, we talk about people that want to be open about their status. No one wants to be. And why should they have to be? I know. I, yes. No, you're absolutely right. But another stonking, this is my new favourite word, episode, Sarah. Well done. Well, like a joint episode. I enjoyed all the sound bites. Thank you very much. Did you? Did you like that I kept in some of my just shouting at people with my mini microphone? Yes. Yes. That That's particularly restful to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry if I've deafened anyone. Imagine if someone's got headphones in and everything's normal volume and suddenly it's just me going, you're so eloquent. So I'm sorry if anyone... No, I take back what I said in a previous episode about you having a sultry voice. It appears only on the podcast. Out in the community, no. No, when I get excited, just up and up and up and up and up, just like <laughs> I'm in a stratosphere, it's like really high and shouty. So that's where I was uh, living at that point. Wow. But yes, thank you to everybody who stopped and chatted with us at Pride and got involved and told us their HIV hero. Like We really, really appreciate your time. Fabulous. Job done. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.